This is Amanda. And this is Rachel. And this is Vocal Perspective. Welcome to today's episode of Vocal Perspective. And Amanda and I are so thrilled to have on McKinley Merritt, who is a former Acaville intern or sort of volunteer and is the founder of Volt, which is from the University of Tennessee at Knoxville. And just I'm so excited to see you sort of virtually again, McKinley, because it's been about it. How are you? <laughs> it's been so long. I'm good. Good. I'm good. I'm tired. Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. <laughs> so, no reason to be tired. No, sorry. All the naps. <laughs> so sleeping in. It's really fun. It's great. So I wonder if we could start sort of with maybe your inspiration to start Vault and what prompted you to want to start your own acapella group? Um, okay. So I was in college for far too long. And by far too long, I mean just I was an undergrad for a, a very long time. I took some years off, so I was in school on and off. Um so the first I started school in 2011. So the first four years that I was in school, I was in an all-female group called Revolution. And that group was uh, connected to our school's choir program. So you had to be in a choir in order to be in the groups. And I think that, that had to do with like funding and how they're able to get the groups to travel is like through the university. Um, so they have to be in some sort of university group so that they they can sign off and do certain things, which is really great because they're able to travel with the school's money and do a little bit more things. And I had a great time being in that group. I was in that group for four years and I led it the last year that I was in it. And then I knew that I was going to be around for a little bit longer. I didn't know how much longer, <laughs> but I knew I was good. I at least had one more year. So I started Vault. Uh, it was just kind of a slow, like, there was a couple girls who were like, we don't have a co-ed group here. We would be interested in what that looks like and something that's not connected to our school of music so that people who don't have time to do choir, which is a lot of people, because it's a full class. I mean, it's a one hour credit, but you, you're in class for the same amount of time for a regular class a week. So it's, and on top of that, you have concerts. So it's just, it's a big time commitment. So there are people who are interested in not being in a choir, but still doing something singing related. And thus Volt was born. Was it difficult to sort of start? What were some of the challenges you encountered in the process of trying to start this group? Oh no. Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> there are a few things. Um, I mean, because we were doing something that was opposing our, like, school's already formatted concept of what acapella groups looked like, that was a big challenge for us from the start. And um, so there's just a lot of things that we would try to do. We'd try and get room spaces or try to show up and, like, just sing. Like, it was, like, just trying to show up in a music building and get a room and sing was, like, the hardest thing to do and it shouldn't have been so we face a lot of those kind of bumps at the beginning also just like when you have an idea to do something and then you have a bunch of people who are like yeah i, I, I could be interested in that and you're mckinley and you want everything to happen in a timely schedule then you end up doing all of the things anyways <laughs> so there was a lot of like before we even started there was a lot of like we're so excited for everyone who's gonna show up but it was really just me posting on our non-existent 30 follower instagram <laughs> so just the i mean it took a little bit for us to get off of the ground and but that also i think caused us to have a little bit more fight uh, yeah. to get things done 
So Volt has grown quite a bit since then. Tell us a little bit about what the evolution of Volt was is like from that beginning, the, that rocky beginning now to what's considered a, a pretty prominent collegiate acapella group. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Let's see. So that was in 2015. Yeah. So this is Volt's, this is the end of Volt's fifth year now. They, I mean, so the first year we were like a little scrabbly, like we're going to do it even though everyone's telling us we can't do it. So there was a lot of, there's a different kind of fight. And the second year, they kind of slowed down a little bit. They, of course, the second year was when I left and I was like fully out of school. I was taking time off. I was working at home. And so I was kind of acting like a stage mom and coming back and forth. So the second year was a, a different adjustment period because the person who had been doing all of the things removed the rug from underneath them. Yeah. Uh, the second year, I think, was a, I mean, they, did a lot of really cool things, but it was definitely like a big adjustment period. Um, and then the third year, I was slowly kind of creeping back into school. So I was uh, back by the second semester. The second, the third year we did, we kind of tried to pick ourselves back up a little bit more and tried to put ourselves back together and refigure out what it looked like and what the group looked like, especially more preparing for our fourth year, because the fourth year, I think, is when we really hit some strides of the for our group overall uh, the fourth year like at the end of the third year we had seen what fell apart and what worked and what didn't work and so we truly are we had we um elected officers at the end of the school year in the third year and then from that point on we met once a month over the summer just trying to make a schedule and we packed our schedule tight so that there was just no holes so there there was no way for us to not constantly be doing something because i find that that's something that's really hard for college students is that if this is an extracurricular and we're we have oh we went to icca we didn't move forward okay now what now we have the rest of a whole semester we don't have plans and i find that a lot of groups get stuck after icca if they don't move on or if they don't continue forward it's like well, they're like, what do you do next? And so from a lot of people, I've heard just kind of keep planning. So that's what we did. We didn't make ICCA our first goal. We just kind of were like trying to do as many things as we could. So that fourth year, we recorded a single and we went to ICCA, but we also went to Memphis to uh, do the Briarcrest JC, JD Frizzell thing. And we did the decapella, the open for decapella thing. And we just did, we went to Boss that year. We did a lot, uh, just a lot of random things that would have never happened if we didn't just put a million things in our schedule and be like, all right, guys, we might be able to accomplish this and we might not, but at least we have options on things to do. And this past year, they're, they're trying to keep doing stuff. So. so a lot of groups find it to be a challenge to get to these festivals, especially I know, you know, Knoxville and Memphis are on opposite sides of the state, mm -hmm. pretty much. And, and Boss is all the way up in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. That's quite a haul. A lot of groups find that to be a challenge. How did you get your groups to these festivals? So because Memphis is close... Er, we have a lot of students from Tennessee, so we have a family who already lived in Memphis. So we stayed with one of our members' families in their house, and we went to Memphis. And but we did a lot of fundraising. We like GoFundMe's, but we also just did like as many performance-related things that we could that we knew could pay. And that was also the fourth year was also the first year that we uh, had like a sponsorship. So there's a local club called the Edge that we 
the summer before the fourth year would go to karaoke every Tuesday. And we still do. Well, we can't now, but we still do when we can. And we became friends with the owner because we were the only ones showing up to karaoke (laughs) weekly. So through going to karaoke weekly, we found a sponsor. And so then they were helping us uh, buy like t-shirts and stuff. And then like having nights where we'll go in and sing for a night and they'll do like a fundraiser where all the money goes back to our group. So that year was a big, uh, we raised a lot of money during that year to do a lot of the stuff that we did. Going to that's awesome. Boss was like a completely different thing. But yeah, that was a really big feat for us for sure. Wow. What do you think are some, I don't know, advice, I guess, that you would give to people who are in similar positions? How would you recommend that they deal with some of the things that you've had to deal with as part of starting the group? Persistence. I just... I think that it's so easy to like see so many things be put up in your way and not want to keep pushing to make them happen, especially when it feels like there's a lot of people who are not in your corner and there are a lot of reasons why things aren't going your way. And I find, especially as college students, and then like to top that, like as females, (laughs) when we get the no, it's easy for us to just uh, move back into, well, maybe that, well, what's supposed to happen, this and that and the other, but it's like the persistence over time has, I think, has continued this group kind of getting bigger and growing and making a lot of really cool connections, I think, over the past few years. Awesome. So with things having been a little bit truncated, for lack of a better word, because of because of the coronavirus, where was sort of what was the, I guess, the the initial plan for Vault for this year? I know I know that you graduated and you're not um, running the group now. I'm still stage momming. No, okay. Um, (laughs) So but I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what Vault's plans had been that they managed to achieve before school got canceled um, up until now uh, so that we can share with people where the group's going. Yeah. I mean, I know they were working towards, of course, again, ICCA, but also they, and they were supposed to be recording this month, but they were going to record their ICCA set and then also are still working on, I don't think this is a secret. It might be, I don't think it is though, that our boss set from last year, we have the the sound and stuff from our particular performance. I don't think we're going to do, because it was a two set thing. So I think they're only going to do right. the one, the song that I sang. I think they're going to produce and make a video and then like have a live edited version to share with people soon. So, but they were supposed to also record. I don't well, think that's, that that's going to happen. But but yeah, the the other part is exciting that we'll get to finally see boss 2019 come to life so with icca and boss competing at both boss usually has some very stringent Mm -hmm. themes that go along with the competition how did you work out icca where you can pretty much do whatever you want within the time constraints with boss where you had to fit in with their out there sometimes themes yeah well we're all feet well not all a lot of us are theater kids, or at least the original group was like founded of theater children. Um, and so the theater mindset has just followed us around. I mean, my roommate is a theater graduate student. I'm constantly, I've been doing theater since I was little. Um, so the second, I mean, I've been watching boss videos for years. The, the Vassar Devils, uh, video from, that boss set that they won, I don't know, was that probably four or five years ago, is something that is like the first thing that I introduce people who have never 
heard like acapella in a different way, I will show them that video because I think it's uh, I think it's just so cool. And I think that using creativity in acapella in a way that feels more theatrical is cool. We had a bunch of songs that we had already learned. We tried to start um, that school year with just like eight or nine songs that were just we had learned at the top of the school year and it was a lot to learn at the top but then we just had songs prepared nice and so there was a bunch of soloists that didn't get featured in our icca set i mean you only have 12 minutes you can't feature everybody um so we went back into our our set of music that we already had I mean, we honestly thought back even to songs that we had sang like years prior because we were like, maybe people can catch up and learn. But once we found out about Boss, we had like three, two or three weeks to prepare. Um, so we kind of just dug through the songs that we already had. And then for some reason, me and the, me and Jared, who's, we were co-music directors at the time, had the thought of Adam and Eve. We kept talking about like, like the physical, like movement of like an apple and, but not actually having an apple, but like treating it like a movement piece because we were feeling weird and creative. So then that was what came of our boss set. We used a, we used a, a couple of our soloists who had not uh, performed at our ICCA and those songs and kind of stitched them together and created a set that was about Adam and Eve that year because it was like big legend stories to tell via acapella. It was cool. That's awesome. And hopefully we'll have Emily Flanders on the oh, show yeah. soon because she's always been the one creating the mm-hmm. themes uh, for Boss every year. And I love just seeing what the groups come up with. I think it's one of the most creative competitions out there because the groups really, I mean, they're very specific, but they're also very broad. And it's really cool every year to see how each group yeah. interprets it's those fun. themes. It was a lot of fun. I wonder if you can talk a little bit, I, I, I guess I'm curious about, do you find being female, uh, do you think that's an easier, maybe more natural role to sort of lead a group of people in terms of, as you referenced it, sort of stage mama, like that kind of, (laughs) (laughs) that kind of persona? Do you find that easier, more challenging? Where, Where do you think that you sit in that space? Slowly but surely, Volt is like molting towards more men leading it. But the first few years, it was, I mean, the first year I was basically the entire exec board. We never really had like an exec board meeting. So I was the board. And then the second year, the board was, the president was a female. The music director was a female. The, I mean, the vice president was a female. Like it was like, we were pretty female run from the start. Um, and now as the time has gone forward, we've had less females in the group as a whole. Um, so there's been less female, which it's been really interesting to watch. I think it's hard for women, especially in the South, for some reason, we just don't really put ourselves out there as much, I feel like. But I've always, I've grown up in a household that's like, keep pushing, you know, keep pushing yourself to be the better version of yourself. And I am, of course, like everyone else, I am my hardest critic and I will always challenge myself to keep doing more, especially creatively if I know that I have the means to. So I don't know, I feel like being female and also being a black female, (laughs) there are times that even within the group, I have felt like I am not that I'm being either questioned or that my authority is being taken for granted. But as soon as I'm gone, then they're like, ah, what, where'd you go? What you doing? Come help us. So it's like <laughs> you learn 
through the trial and error, like people's, everybody else's trial and error, I have learned my own um, worth (laughs) to this group (laughs) when they're like, hey, can you come help us? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, you bring up an interesting point. I'd never really thought about that before, where yes, while you're actively in charge, people tend to question the authority (laughs) of women when they're in charge. But we're noticing a pattern, you know, internationally, nationally, of once the women are gone, either as the leader or as an option to be the leader, yeah, everyone misses yeah. them. <laughs> it's like, you're like, what was that? Like, at the time, there were days I was like, what am I, chopped liver? What have I done? <laughs> have I done something to hurt you, to harm you? I've done nothing but do my job. I just want you to be better. Yeah. You know, and I'm yeah. all about, I really actively try and push the students that are there because I think that that Volt ha- has and had and whatever has a lot of potential to be a really great group. And I think that they're doing a good job of just like withholding communication. And um, I do, I think they do a great job of, making sure that they make a good face or keep a good face for what this group is doing. But I'm, why, don't, why not keep pushing? You know, I think that there's always a way to continue to push yourself. And so when I was in it, there was a lot of days that they did not like me because I was <laughs> pushing them and they were tired because they were up until 3 a.m. writing a paper that they should have written three weeks ago and they were mad at me. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. You know what today is. You know what's going to happen every day. It's never going to change. You know what the expectation is. So just show up and do your work. And then as soon as I have left, they're like, dang, I missed that. Yeah. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what's next for you, specifically in your journey. What's going on with you? Well, right now, I have just been working full time. My goal is to move to New York. It was supposed to be, you know, early next year, but because of all of the virus related things, I think we're going to have to put a pause on that for a little bit. But I truly, I've been working full time. I, when I moved back here, I started singing in a 90s cover band. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah, it's, it's super fun. And it's the first time, I think, in my livelihood that I've like actively been paid to sing like regularly, which is nice. It's like, I feel like that's a rarity. (laughs) So, um, Mm -hmm. so I've been doing that. It's me and a bunch of people with children and lives and I'm the youngest by like 10 years and they make fun of me and they ask me all the technology questions. But so I do, I've been doing that and just been playing gigs and stuff. And I'm just trying to kind of patiently like allow myself to, there have been a lot of creative things that have come up and there are ways that I could be pushing myself, but Sometimes I think you, I think this coronavirus break is a good reminder of sometimes you don't have to be the most creative version of yourself. Sometimes you just have to like be and like be all right with like what you're doing at the moment. And um, so I've just kind of been living, just trying to like not overwork myself and not over push. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, you're just talking about how much work <laughs> you're doing. And like, yeah, it's just there's just a lot of stuff to be done. It feels like always. So I'm just trying not to do all the things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I should take that lesson. <laughs> from but also side note, thank you for fronting a cover band. I know that sounds like a really weird thing to thank you for. But as someone that has run sound 
here in DC yeah. for a lot of the cover bands. I am so excited when I see, you know, acapella alumni fronting these bands because, you know, the one thing I noticed about instrumental bands is the quality of the lead singers are always a little questionable. And I'm like, oh, it would be so nice if we had oh, some yeah. acapella people here mm-hmm. to front these bands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I wonder, how do you get your, like, music fix in, in these sort of times where where we necessarily can't be together physically always. Right. How, how how are you personally handling that? Well, right now I haven't really been doing too crazy much. I feel like a lot of people have been felt really pushed to like do a bunch of covers and like, you know, keep creating content. And, and I think that that's great. And if that's what you feel like you can handle right now, I have not been doing much. I'd made like a little Instagram cover. Like I've been, I've made a TikTok recently. I feel a little too old to have a TikTok. Um, I'm like, Oh, well, if you're too old for a TikTok, Rachel, what um, that make Ancient. I don't even know what TikTok is. I've like, I've like for the longest time, I've been like, oh, I, I just feel like I'm a little, I'm not quite, I'm not a Gen, I'm a, I'm still a millennial, you know, I'm not a Gen Z. And that, that's the group that has the TikTok. But now with all of this time, I've been TikToking away, <laughs> giggling the days away. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really been doing much. I think next week I have a little group of friends here who's, are trying to kind of keep doing creative things. And I think next week, I'm going to kind of lead like some singing uh, lesson-y, workshop-y stuff and also have a lesson with my voice teacher who was in Nashville and like do kind of like some group singing stuff. So that's kind of how I've been keeping up with singing during this time, but really not much at all. Kind of a lot of self-humming, a lot of self-home singing. I feel sorry for our upstairs neighbors. <laughs> I think your shower is probably really happy. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> my shower is super happy, but like I... You know, and I realized, like, I don't really sing in the shower anymore. But now I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a good place to sing. <laughs> the acoustics are great. <laughs> the acoustics sound amazing. Sounds so good. I forgot. It sounds so good with the acoustics in yeah, the you, bathroom. Yeah, you have to remind yourself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> is acapella something that you feel is something you might strive for again in your future? Or do you feel like it's something that had its time and it's you're ready to move on to other stuff? Well, um, I've still been interning for for things. So I interned on the competition team for this past So Jam. I have know how many of these things are supposed to be kept a secret or not. I don't really think they're that secretive though. I did, I like did the Caras. I um, have been, I'd like judge for the Caras and judged for like the boss groups that were supposed to compete and now will no longer compete. Um, so I've been doing like little things just to try and stay involved because I do want to keep doing this. And if another outlet makes itself known to me, I will gladly continue to keep doing it. It's just harder to do when you're not in college anymore. It's not as feasible, especially to get a bunch of people with jobs and lives and people who are adjusting to having jobs and lives to keep meeting up three times a week to sing. It's just, it's harder. It, it, the schedule yeah. becomes harder. The dynamic definitely Yeah, and yeah the dynamic Absolutely. changes big time. But you know, when you eventually get to New York... Who knows when that will be, but we hope <laughs> it's sooner rather than later. I know that the the acapella scene there for post-collegiate is, yeah. is mm-hmm. busy. Is that a 
I mean, I know the South is pretty heavily collegiate acapella. Yeah, there's so much collegiate acapella in the South. What does the post collegiate scene look like? It sounds like there's not much for you there. No, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of South groups. And I think it's partially because in the North too, everyone's like a little bit closer. Mm. Like everyone's like, the states are just a little closer to each other. Whereas in the South, everything's so big. It's just hard to like, even if you meet a bunch of people who live in a lot of different places, like there are a bunch of people from a lot of groups that I've met who I think would be interested in continuing to sing, but we're all so, so far away from each other that it just makes it hard to keep doing, especially if there's not really like a purpose to do it besides to just sing. It's harder to make those things happen, but I hope to keep doing it. That'd be the goal. Yeah. Well, any group in New York City would be lucky to have you. So shout out to any of those New York City groups. I know. Keep your eyes open for emails from McKinley. (laughs) (laughs) Keep keep a lookout for alto needs. (laughs) Oh, everyone always wants an alto. Believe me. (laughs) I know we're fighting. I know. We got to put her in a bubble and say nothing can happen to you ever. (laughs) Nothing. We're important. That's right. So bringing it back a little bit to Vault, I wonder if you could talk for a moment about where you would like to see the group stretch and grow in the coming years. Mm, That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the, the hard thing about like, it's like a child, similarly. Yeah. It's like you like, you've given it life, you've nurtured it the best that you can, and you can keep showing up when it needs you. But like what they do, they kind of have to make their own decisions about. And of course, I'll keep showing up whenever they're like, hey, I need help. Um, But I don't know. I don't know what the future, what their future holds. I hope for them that they keep setting goals and kind of going back to what we did that fourth year is just set a lot of goals for yourself and then try to accomplish as many things on that list as you can. Um, and so I hope that they keep doing that because I think that they want to, they want to compete at like the So Jams and the, what are, what's the one that's in Mississippi, it's in Kansas or Mississippi, oh, the it's National the Deke Sharon one. Oh. oh, that one too. Yeah, that too. Um, oh, um, Voice Jam. They did, Voice they Jam. Voice Jam one yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they, they want to keep trying to just continue to do outreach because I do think being from the South, we are very, we go places and People may not remember our singing, but they do remember how nice Volt was. So, <laughs> so thank you I for sharing they... that Southern hospitality with all of us. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they will walk into oh, they walk into So Jam and they're like, "Oh my God, seeing you on the internet, love what you're doing." They'll they are the first ones to actively fan girl about a collegiate person that they've seen on the internet. So, so yeah, so I just, I kind of hope that they just keep pushing towards whatever goals that they want to do. I think in the future, the goal would be to record a lot of the things that we've done over the past five years. So I I would hope that we could maybe all kind of come back together and do that. Um, But besides that, I don't, I I don't personally have a lot of big goals for them. I just kind of hope that they continue to push towards whatever goals they want to. I think that's such a beautiful, I don't know, it looks like a healthy way to look at this thing that you've created. Um, it makes me feel happy to hear you talk about it in that way of, of being able to let it go a little bit, which I think it yeah, can be hard for people. Have to. 
Yeah. It is. Let no, it go, but still hard. still keep it with you and like still support them, which is a it's a good thing. It's a nice balance. Yeah. McKinley, we are just about out of time, but it was so nice to have you here and get your perspective. And we hope that you stay healthy and safe while we all struggle through this pandemic. Oh my but gosh. um so that was McKinley Merritt. And we had so much fun talking to McKinley that we don't really have time to do much of a discussion for you today. The world is pretty focused on the pandemic now, so Rachel and I will have lots of fun topics, non-virus topics, to talk about in the next several episodes. Going back to one thing we talked about with McKinley was that it's very difficult to sing after you get out of college. If you haven't checked it out yet, there is an organization called the Contemporary Acapella League. It started as a program under CASA in 2007, and I was lucky enough to be the program manager and director of that until it broke off into its own organization now called the Contemporary Acapella League. For four years, I've served as president of the board of directors, and we've put together lots of different programs to help groups either start or thrive while they while they continue to do something for which they have a true passion. I recently handed over the reins of president to Laura Krushke, who is in Madison, Wisconsin, and sings with Green Tone Acapella. They are one of the charter members of the original Cal. If you'd like to continue singing or are in a group and need a little bit of help or want to be part of a larger community of post-collegiate acapella singers, you can learn more at acapellaleague.org or reach out to us at info at acapellaleague.org. Thanks for tuning in for our conversation with McKinley Merritt. Next week, we'll be back with episode 35 and Leslie Kekueva of Pitches Be Crazy. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.